Welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Proudly brought to you by Cheese Links, bringing cheese and yogurt making to your kitchen. Cheeselinks.com.au Hi and welcome to another exciting episode of Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and me, Kevin uh, Hillier. Exciting would be an understatement. It'll be a beauty, this one. Yeah, I can't wait. A beauty. I've read this man's book. You mean beauty, as in beauty nuke? Yeah, beauty nuke, a beauty Adam. Uh, and, and when we did I've the interview, I've got the wrong sport. When we did the interview with him, I'd only read two hundred and eighteen pages of it, and only. I finished it. I finished it last night, and I, I really you liked really it. enjoyed it, didn't yeah, you? Really like it. Yeah, lovely combination of his. Cricket, um, uh, I guess, addiction. Um, <laughs> it's the only thing you can call it, uh, following the Australian cricket team for the last 20-odd years and uh, growing up and what happened to him in his life and going to boarding school and all those things. His name is? Adam Zvar, or as they used to call him in the uh, the corridors of, uh, of Brisbane Grammar, Zvar! <laughs> also, I mean, famous for the uh, HBA commercial. Oh, famous for a free lot of things. Free for free, but yeah. I mean, certainly not the only thing to hang his hat on. He's done an enormous amount of work, acting, writing, comedy. He's a very multi-talented uh, man. And has just spent the last five years living in Los Angeles and has just come back to Australia. So um, uh, we're looking forward to having a chat to him about the book and uh, and about what he grew up uh, eating and because he's from uh, Cairns in North Queensland. Mm. So very uh, a bit different to normal. Well, he also sparked uh, <laughs> your decision to uh, to pick the uh, Friday food uh, topic for this week. <laughs> lamingtons. Yes, lamingtons. we bring up lamingtons in the chat, and it's turned out to be a very controversial topic indeed. Well, I, I had no, I honestly had no perception, and we'll talk about it obviously mm. later after we talked to Adam. But uh, that lamingtons polarise the community <laughs> quite so much. Apparently, they do. Ah, very scary. Now, cheese links. Uh, now, they're running out of time to get Christmas, your order. Christmas. Yes. yes. Uh, cheeselinks.com.au. That's where you go. Jump on that. That's that'll t- that'll give you a little directory uh, to everything you need to know about making your own cheese, getting the goodies to do it, and uh, the advice to do it, and uh, how you go about it. Yes, and you can give the gift of cheese making, not just the gift of cheese. Do it, or you could get a gift voucher if that's more your speed. Five two eight two one nine eight four. That's the telephone number, but I suggest you go to the website, mm. cheeselinks.com.au, and that's where you can work it out. And then if you need to, give Janet a call and she'll be only too happy to help you out. Capital suggestion, Kevin Hillier. Uh, I'm sure Janet's still dining out on uh, <laughs> probably having spent last Sunday with the Melbourne Football Club <laughs> at, the, at the G celebrating the premiership. Well, why wouldn't you? You had to wait long enough for it. Exactly. Cheeselinks.com.au. Sing the Melbourne theme song and you'll probably get a discount. It's a grand old flag. No, 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 no. Look, I heard enough of that when they beat my mob in the grand final. <laughs> you just don't like me singing full no. stop. Well, that's true. <gasps> uh, a lifelong fan of Australian cricket. Uh, that's what he is. And uh, as we mentioned, a very talented man in, mm. in many, many areas. Had a lot of really interesting jobs that he talks about in the <laughs> book, including driving strippers around to different places when he first came to Melbourne. Yep. And also getting mobbed uh, <laughs> oh, at re- one stage. Ridiculous. About that. Uh, 12 Summers, the book. Adam Zwa is the man. Let's have a chat to him now here on uh, Food Bites. You are listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Brought to you by Cheese Links. Bringing cheese and yogurt making to your kitchen. Cheeselinks.com.au. Uh, so, as you know, this is Food Bites with Sarah Patterson. So, I'm going to talk to you about your prowess in the kitchen. Great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was going to say, just to start out, um, Adam, the last two uh, years have been. 
pretty rugged to say the least. How have uh, you managed through uh, through the whole thing? I, well, writing a book helps um, because it, it, it really meant that it was a kind of military precision sort of exercise writing the book. So I, I started in December and I finished end of September, early October. And, um, you know, you finish your first draft, say, by June and then you and then after that you're just doing revisions and taking out all the defamatory stuff and um, <laughs> and then you kind of uh, you know so it's, it, it was um, you know I wake up at 8 and work until lunchtime and then work from lunchtime till 5 or so and then exercise and then cook dinner and then work until probably 11 o'clock again so it was just you know constant because so I, I and I felt I guess the fact that no one else was partying too much around me <laughs> helped a little bit. <laughs> um, also, my wife's been away, so that that was she's been directing, and I couldn't go and visit her. She was directing in London, um, and uh, so that was a bit of a that was tough. Yeah, but I, I see uh, in there that you managed to uh, to cook a bit of dinner here and there. Did the uh, pandemic have the impact on you that it's had for many people, and that it got you into the kitchen more than you otherwise would be? Um, what got me to the kitchen more is moving to this area because mm. I, I live in Lennox Head. Um, that, so if I lived in actual Byron, I think the takeaway options would have been <laughs> way more diverse. Mm. But because I live in Lennox Head, it's only, um, the restaurants are only open from Wednesday to Saturday. So I've essentially, yeah, I've just been cooking um, all the time, uh, but I've only got a very small uh, palate which to work with. Um, because my mother was a cordon bleu cook and she was a food writer for Gourmet. And so from an early age, she was always cooking and she just wouldn't let me in the kitchen. So I, I literally went um, into my early 20s not having any knowledge of how to operate in a kitchen. And so it, I've kind of just taught myself and I've got a very, as I said, a, a very small repertoire. Um <laughs> Generally, generally speaking, it's, it's pastas and rice dishes and I'm making all right banana cake and I can do some chicken dishes. But, yeah, I, I tend to make things that are only, only take 20 minutes to half an hour to make. And uh, essentially in the pandemic, because it was eating into my writing time, if I spend any more time in the kitchen. Um, so, you know, it's... One of the one of the drawbacks of like being a kid and having a mum who was a really great cook was that I had flowers, chocolate cakes all the time for my birthday, right? And and, and kids want flour. <laughs> so when I when I got into my twenties and it was like oh you know it's late teens and twenties and and I just had those kind of sugary cakes with icing and everything, I just lost my mind. It was just like I was in some sort of paradise. Um, so. Yeah, it's um, I yeah, food's been a big thing in in our family. My my uncle invented lemon pepper for master foods. He was a food technologist. No so, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. So, that um, would be a very very popular <laughs> spice in people's lives. Yeah. Yeah, but he doesn't get any royalties because he was just the staffer there oh, at master oh, wow. foods. But he's he's. Um, take a lot of my mum's recipes, and um, so he cooks them. Probably uh, just a little bit different, but it does kind of. It, it is very nostalgic whenever I go around to his place, and he, you know, he, he 
pulled that one in my dress. Oh, that's some serious food pedigree you've got yeah, going on there, Adam. Absolutely. Is that a famous family story about how he came up with that spice or is it just one of those things one day in the office, this fell into this and there you go? That, that's exactly what it is, the way he tells it. He's not a, he's not a, a man who embellishes any story. You know? And when you get into it, explain it, he looks at you as if you're an idiot and you just go, well, you just did this and you did that and then you get a lemon pepper. It's very cool. And, uh, um, but yeah, he's good. You know, you know he's a good, he, he brews his own beer these days and, you know, makes his own chocolate and, and, uh, and stuff like that. So he's, um, yeah, so that side of the family, very good. I think I might have inherited dad's skills. Right, right. Or did you, or did you pick up some uh, bad habits when you went to, uh, you know, boarding school? Because that wouldn't have been fun. Oh, on, oh, boarding school, fun the on worst. The yeah. What yeah, kind? Yeah, what kind yeah, of yeah, stuff? <laughs> it was literally just you just get the um, uh, the eggs in the morning, um, and then I I think I just remember. Really overcooked steaks. Oh, remember the, them all the time, you know. With and then you have a bit of gra- like you know your peas and your carrots, and um, <laughs> that was a bit of gravy over the steak. That was that was it. And then the you had a slab of ice cream, um, which was say twenty centimeters by ten centimeters, and there were seven of you at the table, and the two prefects would take half the ice cream, yep. and then the rest of us five would have to, to divvy up the remainder, and it was like. Surgical precision, and you you kind of got, um, I don't know, maybe a spoonful and a half of, of ice cream, <laughs> and um, and so then, you know, you you'd you sneak out of the out of the boarding house and order pizza around about eleven o'clock every night. <laughs> you know, you know, Adam, that uh, gravy uh, is used to hide a multitude of sins. You're sure they weren't hiding some offal under there as opposed oh. to steak. <laughs> Exactly, you know, that's what, what is it, Anthony Bourdain, yeah, Anthony Bourdain, that's the first time I heard him say that, it covers a multitude of evil, is, uh, <laughs> is, is, is some source. <laughs> hey, um, Adam, I just want to go back uh, a few years, maybe more than a few years, but, um, but for me, um, you kind of came into the public conscious with, um, with a, a, oh gosh, a, a Historic uh, television commercial oh, for HBA, the uh, three for free ad with the, uh, you know, yeah. the buck teeth and so forth. And I just, I just want to go back to the start there. What, what did that do for your career? Well, before that, I was a journalist. That was such a pivotal moment in my life because I was a journalist, and I was getting, you know, I was doing guesties on Blue Heelers and Stingers and Sea Change and those kind of shows, and I did a few ads, but that ad. First up, that's where I met Tony Rogers, the director who went on to direct Wilfred. Um, I met Cindy Waddingham, who was the, the woman who played the receptionist, and she ended up being Sarah in Wilfred, and we used the DP from that ad. So I remember that day just recruiting people. And because I had the teeth glued into my mouth, um, the fake teeth glued into my mouth, I, I couldn't eat breakfast and I couldn't eat lunch. So I was just starving all day. Oh. And and, I, and by about 7.30, I think we wrapped at 7.30, 8 o'clock. So I hadn't eaten until – I hadn't eaten for 24 hours oh. by the time I got home. And so I was starving. Um, but, yeah, it was it was nuts. But it wasn't like, you know, um, 
the fame that I got wasn't like a respectful fame, like if you saw Chris mm. Hemsworth walking down the street. It was insane <laughs> kind of attention. It was like, give me a photo, you know, <laughs> talk to my friend on the phone. Um, and, uh, you know, some people would write me letters and say, I just want to be kind to you. And <laughs> and I got cupcakes sent in the mail. Yeah, it you, was, you had people turning up at your flat with cupcakes. Yeah, yeah. I had yeah with with cakes and um but they they also sent them to the Herald Sun which I was at. Well, I didn't put that in the book but I I, I was there was cupcakes a go go uh, for some reason people were baking me stuff I got I got you know uh, all sorts of cakes. <laughs> there's a there's a story. I don't know, what, I don't know why they made cakes. <laughs> There's a story in the book about uh, them almost using you and and the teeth, which never got used mm. because obviously, as you said, you couldn't. Eat. But you had to go and, and visit a young boy who had buck teeth himself, and they thought you'd be some kind of therapist for him <laughs> at one stage. Yeah, because this guy had buck teeth. Uh, he was probably thirteen or fourteen, and at school. He was being teased mercilessly oh. once the ad came out because everyone was calling him the free for free guy, oh. and and so they complained. He, his parents took him out of the school. It's a pretty sad story to be honest. Yeah. The kids took him out. Of, parents took him out of the school, and and it got back to the HBA, and it got then it got back to the ad agency that this had happened, and they thought in their wisdom that it would be that me going over there would cheer him up, um, me. Who, who actually doesn't have buck teeth because his parents was able to afford to put braces on him. Um, you know, so uh, I was then, you know, I, I don't know what the thinking was, but I had to go, you know, it was in the western suburbs, I had to go across the west gate, and I remember the, the aid agency woman said, bring your teeth, and uh, the fake teeth, and I said, he doesn't want to see, he's got actual buck teeth, yeah. he doesn't want to see fake teeth. No, 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 bring the teeth. And so we went over there, and it was a, it was, um, you know, the, the family was struggling. Um, there were a lot of kids, a lot of animals, and then, you know, when and this little kid with buck teeth was sitting in the corner, and and we all kind of it was me and the agency and the client, and and they were looking at me as if I was going to kind of cheer him up, and I tried to cheer him up, but I, I think I just made the whole situation worse, oh. and um, and in the end, uh, that they were saying, show him the teeth, show him the teeth, and I said, do you want to see the teeth? You know, the fake teeth I used in the ad is no, no. (laughs) So anyway, that long story short, that was what propelled the um, the client to actually buy braces for him. Yeah. So yeah. all all well it ends Oh gosh. Well it was, you know, it was a good idea, I suppose. <laughs> I mean, it was a well meaning idea. Yeah. But um yeah, it was a well meaning idea, but they should have just done the braces first. You yeah, know anyway. exactly. Yeah. So and still just on that subject, just for one more second, um the way you talk about it, obviously it was a really, really overwhelming was it like bordering on frightening at times all the uh, the attention you got? Yeah, it was because you know I was jogging in um, down in uh, in Richmond one day, and, and um, this guy started. I, I didn't actually put this in the book because I actually took it out, but it, this guy started chasing me, um, and I just started sprinting, and he and he, he, he kind of catch up, caught, he caught up to me, but he and he was just running after me, and I was sprinting away, and then he he kind of caught up to me. He, and it turned out he just wanted a photo. He just wanted a photo with me. 
And uh, for his wife, his wife is a big fan <laughs> of the show. And I, I don't think I, I thought for you know for twenty or thirty seconds I was, I was about to get abducted. You know, <laughs> it was so. You know that type of fate. Like if you're in an ad as opposed to a movie. People got a little bit more respectful if you're in a movie, and they go, "Okay, well, you know, acting in a movie, I'll behave, I'll behave in a in a way befitting to, you know, the the what the format of of uh, you know what, what the medium is. Whereas if, if it's an ad, they just they they think it, they own you, you know. So it's one of those. It was it was one of those situations, and also I was a, kind of a figure of fun, I guess, with the, with the teeth. Hey, you mentioned the book, and we we mentioned a couple of times now. Twelve Summers is the name of the the book that you've written. It's terrific. Uh, where your obsession with cricket? I mean, you played cricket as a kid. You opened the batting with Jimmy Ma, who, who went on to play for Australia in your in your younger days, and then you seemed to cross paths with the Australian cricket team uh, over over many many years. But you're just a cricket tragic, I guess. If there's is the best description, you just love the game. Yeah, cause, I mean, when I was a, when I was a kid, um, so we lived on a on a hill in Cairns. And uh, it was kind of isolated, and I and I didn't have any brothers or sisters, and I was alone all the time. And and I think I must have been an anxious kid because I apparently I was I, I actually remember this. I was crying all the time, you know, mm. at the age of five or six, I was crying all the time. And mum and dad took me to a child psychologist. And I remember standing outside the room as they were in there talking to the child psychologist, and and the child psychologist said to mum and dad, "Do you have any ideas?" Why Adam might be crying all the time, and and Dad said, uh, I don't know, but he does eat a lot of honey. <laughs> and I, I remember thinking that that was funny. That was like that's not the reason I'm crying, Dad. You know, <laughs> like I've got other stuff going on. Um, and so they tried different things. You know, I talk about the, the camping trip they took me on and all that kind of stuff uh, in the book, but. Um, what, what got me out of it was cricket, you know, what, what kind of cheered me up was cricket. And so I found it a very kind of meditative, um, uh, comforting thing to watch, uh, you know, throughout my whole life. So when the cricket's on, it's like, it's all right, it's summer, you can chill out, mate. Everything's fine. You know, just, uh, take a breath. And that's, that's what I associate cricket with. And so, so in a way, that's what's propelled me. To, to have this lifelong interest. Oh. And your first day at the Gabba and meeting Alan Board, going back to a house for a barbecue, I think, or whatever it was, and then Alan Board is in the house next door, <laughs> lives in the house next door. I mean, yeah, that, what, well. That's just one of those really kind of weird things that just happens. Yeah, it was a, it, it was a three-beat thing because, you know, he came to Cairns. Uh, he ran a kosher clinic in Cairns, which I, I wasn't invited to, but I went to observe with, with Dad and we saw him walking around at lunchtime, lunchtime, and Dad said, why don't you go and ask Mr. Border for an autograph? And I said, I can't possibly. I mean, you know, I was, a, I was a pretty shy kid. And so Dad said, okay, come with me. We'll, we'll both go and ask him. And I, I knew everything about Alan Border. I knew I, I, I knew his whole kind of player profile off by heart. And, um, you know, what star sign he was, where he lived, all that kind of stuff, <laughs> his previous employment. And so he made the mistake after signing the autograph book of asking me how I was. And I said, <laughs> I'm good. Um, do you miss? Uh, do you miss not working in the BHP film archive <laughs> anymore? Because he was a clerk in the archive office, and, and I said, do you, "Do you prefer AB or Pugsley as a nickname?" And then, um, 
And then I said, do, do you still, is your favourite drink still tea and marina and milk? He said, I pronounce it time or I. Yes. And, and, mum, and Mr. Border and Dad laughed heartily at that. And, I, and then he put his hand on my shoulder and said, you're a good kid. Oh. And, you know, after that, previously I was, Kim, I was a Kim Hughes fan, but now I was an Alan Border fan. It cuts about five years later or three years later. I was my 13th birthday when I saw Australia play West Indies at the Gabba. And I remember Border being hit in the groin in that day and being out like being kind of on his back on the field for about three minutes. Um, then he got run out and then they lost. All right. And then we went home to this place in Chapel Hill because we were staying with some friends in Chapel Hill. And we saw this kind of stocky looking guy get out of his car, open the gate um, and, and then drive his car in. And I said to I mean, it was a very familiar-looking visage. And I said to the, the woman whose house it was, I said, it's not Alan Border, is it? She goes, yeah, 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 he's our neighbour. Oh, you, you, you want me to introduce you to him? And I went, I went, um, I thought about him being hit in the groin. I thought about him losing. I thought about him getting run out. And I thought, no, no, I'll let, I'll let that go. Oh. Then cut to when I was in my 30s, I wrote a play, which he came and saw. It was a play about cricket. And we're getting on great at the end. And um, he's asking me how I got the dialogue exactly right. That's what, what that's the kind of stuff we talk about in the dressing room and blah, blah, blah. It was really good. I said, oh, do you still live in Chapel Hill? He said, yes. And I said, do you still live in um, whatever street? And uh, he goes, yes. And, like, he's looking at me as if I'm a stalker now. You know? And I go, oh, I used to stay there. I used to stay at the lady's house across the road. Blah, blah, blah. And, and he goes, yeah, I never recovered. And after that, it was just like, he goes, oh, well, great many years, lovely play. <laughs> oh, Adam, that's the, but that is the most wonderful uh, nostalgic memories to to have of, of someone you obviously um, idolise. That's a that's yes. a terrific story. I just uh, in the process of writing a book as you have, I'm I'm assuming or imagining it would take um, quite a bit of caffeine to get through the process. Would that be Would that be correct? Yeah. Are you a coffee drinker? I'm a tea drinker. Ah. Uh, coffee's never, uh, it never done it for me. My, my, uh, my dad's a huge coffee drinker, um, and a huge wine buff. And I'm neither of those things. Um, no, I, I need everything to do with me is calming. Mm. I have to have things that just calm me. Mm. <laughs> so, um, the, the only caffeine I'll have is, is black tea. So yeah, it's, um, when you when you're trying to calm <laughs> a new a neurotic mind, I think is that that's the, that's the key. And what what do you have for an indulgence? Have you got a sweet tooth? Is there a a, um, oh, a secret yeah. pleasure? <laughs> yeah. Look, when I lived, I, so I, we've moved to LA for five years, and um, when I came back for, for the pandemic, so we moved back in uh, 2020. Um, and uh, September 2020, after being there for five years, it was a huge relief to be back because you know, LA was was in a really bad state when we when we left. Not just because of COVID, but because of you know the riots, and it was just a, an intense time. Um, and uh, all I wanted was a Lamington. I just I just needed a Lamington <laughs> somewhere, you know, because just missed that as you know and. The, that you'd go to these Australia, you know, Australia Day events in LA, and someone would would make some sort of bad excuse for a lamington, mm. and you, you kind of eat it and just miss home more. So, mm. you know, going to 
you know, I just went to the local bakery and got myself a got myself a pie and a lamington. I couldn't have been happier. So oh. yeah, that was that's an indulgence. I I do allow myself one of those a week. Oh, um, I love that. Do you do you have to have the jam in the middle of the lamington, or do you like it without? I don't have to. Mm. I, I like it both. I like it both ways. So you know, I know there's a lot of debate about that. <laughs> you wild and um, crazy guy, you. Yeah. <laughs> where, where, where do you where do you guys sit on that? <laughs> I, I love Lamington without the jam, but I'm I'm going to take a wild guess and say I don't think Kevin's a Lamington fan at all. Nah, are you? No, I'm a snot block man. Yeah, I'm a he loves his man. vanilla slices. <laughs> yeah, you got to know. Yeah. yeah, my dad loves it. Yeah, that's interesting. My dad's a big vanilla slicer. Where's the best vanilla slice? In Australia, uh, whatever's in front of me at the time. Well, Kevin gets a pretty good one <laughs> from um, Ferguson Player Bakehouse. Oh, do yeah. a really good one, yeah, apparently. Nice. No, French, nice French vanilla slice. Some nice ones around. Yeah. What do you talk about? Yeah, the, the Beechworth Bakery is, is good oh, too. According to my dad, famous yes. for them. Yeah. Yes, because because oh, your folks lived in Beechworth, didn't they? They moved from Cairns down to Beechworth. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I have to whenever I dad's in a home now, but whenever I have to go and visit him, I've got to go drop into the bakery first. Oh, it's brilliant, Adam. It's- and um, because I used to live in Wangaratta for a time, and I know that the Beechworth oh. Bakery, not just the um, the snot blocks, but the bee stings yeah. at the Beechworth Bakery are yes. to die for. Yeah. Yes, yeah. No, that it's it, it, it's just like you know, I mean, wa- waiting through the crowds on a Saturday. In, in a Beechworth bakery, I mean, they are very organised. They, they, they're very used to it, but it's uh, like you know, it's a it's a super spreader event for so many people. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a good point. <laughs> Never thought of it in that uh, in that matter until now. <laughs> hey, uh, would, if if you had a dinner party and you could invite anybody dead or alive, would it be would it be mostly cricketers that would do, or, and 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 people from film? Are they the two areas that would sort of frequent your table if you had? I- I did think about this. Um, so, you know, m- most people kind of, you know, I- I'd imagine, you know, that they'd say these people, but who, like, you know, it could be Sinatra, or Marilyn Monroe, or things like that. And I, and I thought, we well, actually don't know how you're going to get on with them. You know, it-, it could, like, I've met a lot of celebrities in my time as a journalist and as an actor, and you literally just don't know who you're going to be compatible with in that kind of environment. So. The people I, I have chosen some people, and they're people that I know, um, but you, and they're people that you know probably as well. Um, and uh, and I and I and they've been tried and tested. I've actually had dinner with them, yep. so <laughs> I know that they I know that they're good. Um, so the the first person uh, I would say would be Sam Pang. Mm. Um, is very funny guy, and he, he would just sit there quietly and then just throw arrows at you, you know, zingers at you across the table. Um, Did you by any chance I, see the front bar review of from Sam Pang of your book? Yeah, yeah, it was horrible. (laughs) (laughs) It was last night uh, as we're recording this, and he referred to it as not a page turner. And hang on, because it'll be uh, hang on, it'll be in the discount rack very soon. Nice. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, thanks, mate. Yeah, um, that'll that'll. uh, I think that'll cancel orders. That 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 review. (laughs) But yeah, he he can come to dinner. Um, The other person, I Kate Langbrook. Um, she is uh, hilarious and um, and just loves stirring a conversation up. Mm. All right. So if there's someone at the, you know, she she's very inquisitive. 
Um, uh, she she actually senses people's vulnerabilities <laughs> <laughs> and brings them to the surface. And it's always very funny. Um, I would say the next person was a guy called Patrick Bremmel, who's, who's an actor who was in The Moody Christmas and Glitch and No Activity. Uh, he's, uh, you know, he's a fabulous conversationalist and very witty. Um, I, I think that, uh, I think he might take offense at some of Sam's, you know, <laughs> zingers, but, um, yep. we'll see. Um, uh, my wife, uh, Amanda Brochi, because she's, would be the smartest person at the table and would be able to fact check every conversation. Right. And, um, and she's also very funny. And, uh, my last person would be Angus Sampson, the actor, comedian Angus Sampson, who, Sometimes we'll tell a story that goes for about nine minutes, but it, they're, it, they're hilarious. So um, they're all people I know. Cricketers, you, you know, it's um, I like cricketers from afar, yep. Kevin. I, I don't, I don't need to, I don't need to sit down with them, you know, too much because um, never meet your heroes. As I, as I found with Alan Border. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was it Border? Who was it that you, you met after when you're doing a play when you were still in your full makeup and you realize, didn't realize till you got home the chat all your makeup? Oh, on? so a friend of mine invited me to a nightclub in Brisbane in 1996. Um, after immediately after I, I got off stage and I quickly got dressed, went out, and the Australian cricket team was there just before going off to the 96 World Cup and. And I was like, oh, my God, they're all here. This is amazing. And I remember the people I was with were going, Adam, just settle down. <laughs> you know, we're here to have a conversation. You know, you, why do you keep, like, staring at these people? <laughs> um, and I I saw Steve War near the bar. He was with some support staff. And I, I, you know, shook his hand. And I said, you know, good luck, in, good luck at the World Cup. And he said, thank you very much. And, you know, it was one of those moments where I actually restrained myself from asking him too many questions. Like, I, I, I'd learned from the border mistake of asking too many questions. So I just said, just said, good luck. You know, I wanted to ask him why he was called Tugger. And, you know, it, it, I know why he was a Tugger War, but uh, um, he was he was called Drobe before that, and then he transitioned to Tugger. I wanted to know about that. I wanted to know why he talks to himself while he's back. I wanted to know if it was true when he first, I uh, was confronted with a protector that he actually put it on his knee. Right. I wanted to know all, that, all those things. Um, and so when when um, I, so I shook his hand and I left with dignity, got home, then I still had all my makeup on, which included <laughs> rouge and eyeliner and middle lipstick. And I remember thinking, you know, good on Steve Wolf for not making fun of me in that moment, you know. The, he, it was a hyper-masculine workplace that he was from and, you know, it would have been easy just to make fun of the dude with the makeup on. <laughs> yep. You know what, Adam, though? I reckon with Alan Border, um, I think that deep down he would have been deeply, deeply impressed by your knowledge and he, you just left him speechless. That's all it was. <laughs> That's right. Well, you know what? He is a Leo. So they do like a compliment. They do like it when they, you know, Leo's do like you knowing everything about their lives. Yep. <laughs> hey, Adam, uh, 12 Summers is the book. It's a terrific read. It's a great little holiday read. I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying reading. I'm, I'm up to page 218. So, um, I've, I've... Uh, so it's a page, it is a page turner. Yeah. 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 I've turned it 218 times. So there you go so far. And I know I'm, I'm looking forward to finishing it. But uh, thanks so much for your time on Food Bites. We really appreciate it, mate. And all the best of... Uh, all the best to you and your family for Christmas and the New Year. Thank you.
You too. Thanks, thanks, Kevin and Sarah. Thank you. Thank you. You are listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier, brought to you by Cheese Links, bringing cheese and yogurt making to your kitchen. Cheeselinks.com.au Ah, uh, how about that for a chat? He's a good he's, I he's funny chatted man. all day to he's Adam good. and all those wonderful stories. Oh, that the way he idolized Alan Border. <laughs> <laughs> Just took it a little bit too far, maybe. <laughs> I absolutely love that. It must be unnerving for someone who's in the public eye to have someone stand there and go, so your favourite drink is so-and-so and you live in there and you do this and you're going to be going... But I, un- I understand the the need to want to impress your idols, especially if you've done your homework and uh, you just love having all this inside knowledge and you want to impart that knowledge to them and say, and say to them, this, this is how much I admire you. I know all of this. I know your star sign. I know what you eat for <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> or you can do the other the other alternative to, to being overly in their face and telling them everything you know about them is to be like that. Yeah, which is a bit like I was when I first met you, Kevin. I was, I was rendered speech being in the company of such greatness. You're, you're not telling, on this podcast, you're not telling the story of the first time we met. You're not telling the Oh, save it podcast. for the next one. Friday Food Poll <laughs> is a really popular part of this program. Uh, it did involve a mullet, we know that. It certainly did. Now, uh, in mm. the course of that conversation yes. with Adam, we talked about lamingtons. Yes. And so Kevin decided, because he was given as an assignment, you know, the job of coming up with a Friday Food Poll topic, he came up with lamingtons. Do you like them with jam or without? But it's gone into a whole different stratosphere about whether jam even makes it a lamington if you put jam in it. Oh, oh. well. Do you, would you like to start, Kevin? I will. Michelle Mostert says, with jam is always better, but I will take both. And, of course, she can because she's related to the man who's the king of the mountain now. She is. Chaz Chaz's, Mostert. Uh, cousin, I Mostert think. family. Yeah. Terry Daniel from 2DD. Yep, either way, but with jam it's even more tempting. So yay for jam. Kathy Vischer says, without, I think. Mm. Lauren says, without. Why mess with a good thing by adding something extra? Deb Murphy says, both. Yeah. <laughs> Lee Harrison can I have more, please? More jam. Kerry Rodder says, absolutely, with jam. Why not add more sugar when you can? <laughs> even better if it happened to be Mother Maureen's homemade jam. Now, oh, the homemade true. jam part of it yes. is a really important bit, I reckon. Yeah, for you it wouldn't be raspberry, though. It would be oh, God, blueberry no. or something like that. Uh, Glenn Rodder, who cares, Paddo? They all taste bloody good. Well, that's a point. Bart Shaw says homemade. Now, the lamekins yes. have to be homemade and CWA quality with no jam. Yes. Fran says with. Amanda says always without. Mm. Kate Stevenson, jam's my jam. Helly <laughs> says, I lo- this is a weird one. I'm sorry. I, I really struggled with this one when I looked at it. Oh. Helly says, I love all the ingredients on their own, but together I find it vile. <laughs> well, okay. So she means cake, jam, what, and chocolate icing? Coconut, I Coconut? guess. Yeah, yeah, I guess. But it was just... Maybe she'd like a deconstructed lamington. Oh, God. <laughs> I may do a wane here. <laughs> Rebecca says, with always annoyed to, fa- to find no jam. There you go. Yeah. Get annoyed about it. Yeah. Now, Stephen says, never in our family, but with cream. Uh, that's a bonus. My mm. nan was really fussy about her foolproof, almost sponges. Yeah. If they didn't make the grade, they went to the chooks <laughs> or some very interestingly yeah. shaped lamingtons. I love it. Peter says definitely both. Uh, Kelvin says uh, it's not a lamington <laughs> if it doesn't have jam. And, uh, and here the saga begins. What, the saga that that's my pet nickname for uh, you, Kelvin? No, no, oh, no. Jane Barnes, can I add cream to the jam, please? And Peacock says, no offence, wouldn't eat either. Oh, old croaky. I love that name, that 
handle. Uh, plain, no to jam. Jonah Griggs says either way is great, but with jam it's even better. Sam Newman says, this is where it gets controversial, proper lamingtons never have jam. If they do, they're not lamingtons. But, of course, you knew that. Adam White, though, says if there's no jam, it's not a oh. lamington. So this is where it gets thing. Now, this is the man I'm Well, Darren to. Purchase would know because he's a professional. He says jam 100%. Jimmy Wilson says neither, not worth getting fat for. Oh, I don't know about Savory that. Savoury any day of the week, but uh, that is un-Australian. I do like a true blue path. <laughs> Good on you, Jim. Mark Stevens, jam or jam it? <laughs> and that brings us to Wayne. Oh, okay. sit back. <laughs> so there, there, there's, there, there seems to be like seven different thoughts here of people who say if it's got jam in it, it's not a lamington. If it doesn't have jam in it, well, then mm. very confusing. But Wayne's, Wayne sorted it all out for us. What oh. the hell is this sorcery? <laughs> a lamington is perfect. As it mm. is. Some things are just meant to be. A great piece of moist, succulent sponge with a perfect oh. icing cover and the obligatory coconut oh, yes. is an Australian icon. Mm. Putting jam in it is not right. Mm. It's like the Italians saying, yeah, whack a chunk of that foul Hawaiian demon fruit on our <laughs> national treasure. <laughs> always, why does everything in this podcast always come back to putting pineapple on pizzas? Sometimes just because you can does not mean that you should. I agree with that. Oh, I couldn't concur more. (laughs) Rappers, Cadillacs, Commodores with Chev badges and vegan fowl meat products in the real, foe, sorry, (laughs) in the real meat products in the, uh, sorry, products in the real meat section at my local Woolies are a perfect example. (laughs) He's right. Putting jam in a lamington is like putting a P. Daddy wrap in the middle of Beethoven's ninth. Symphony. Uh, <laughs> or a moustache on the Mona Lisa. It's just not right. Be ashamed if you think it is okay and sit in the corner and think about what you've done. <laughs> Fair enough, Wayne. Yeah, I agree with Wayne. I think it's best not to mess with these things and have uh, – you don't need the layer of jam. My initial reaction was it needed jam and then when I thought about the really good lamingtons wow. I've had – they They're didn't already have jam. pretty super sweet yeah. to start with, aren't yeah, they? Well, it's different, say, if you're having a scone. So a scone is not sweet to start with, and it needs the jam, and that's just enough sweetness. Yep. But uh, the lamington is cake. But it's the, already sweet. But it should be. It should be. I think the problem is, and the reason people put jam in them is because they tended to be a bit old, and once they get a bit old, they get a bit crusty mm. and they're hard to eat. So you put the jam in to smooth them up a bit, mush them up. <laughs> Is that right? That's very scientific, Kevin. It's not be. Uh, they doing... go a bit hard, so you put a bit of jam in to smush them up. I'll be doing cooking classes uh, sometime soon in the Watch kitchen. Watch out, everyone! Yeah. I don't think there'll be many bookings. She. Oh, sorry. Cheeselinks.com.au. That's the website to go to. Get your gift voucher for Christmas. Have a look at uh, all the things that are available to you to make cheese, what you need, how you go about it, and then if you need to, give Janet a call on 52821984. And then we'll be seeing a revival of the Galloping Gutsometer in which Kevin will treat us to... Lamingtons. So, ladies and gentlemen, here's your (laughs) lamington. Now jam it (laughs) and jam the rest of this podcast. No, not not at all. Oh, Kevin. Not not at all. That was a great chat with Adam as well. Thank you very much for um, spending some time with us and taking us back through some really – Fabulous uh, nostalgic memories. And let me recommend that book, 12 Summers, to you. Uh, you don't need to be a cricket nut, but if you've got it, someone in the family who loves cricket, they'll love hearing some of the stories in, that he writes about the cricket because he's done so mm. many uh, docos and things, stuff I didn't know about, mm. interactions between players. Um, you'll love reading that if you're a cricket fan and if you just want to read about his life story through grammar school and yeah. advertising agencies and the Herald Sun and 
having Billy Idol throw his cassette machine out the window <laughs> before they even started the interview. Um, all that's in the book, so you'll, you'll thoroughly enjoy it. Thanks to Adam for his time. Thank you for your time, Sarah. Kevin, it's my I'm absolute gonna, pleasure. I'm going to go and get a lamington and jam it. Thanks for listening to Food Bites. Check out our Facebook page and Twitter for recipes, tips and all the latest news. That's Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Brought to you by Cheese Links. Bringing cheese and yoghurt making to your kitchen. All you need to know at cheeselinks.com.au.